Grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, some of life's important lessons are learned in a boat. It was in a boat where I would sit with my my grandpa when we would go fishing, and he would teach me lessons. Of course, the simple lessons came first. Things like, don't stand up in the boat. Don't rock the boat unless you're ready to go swimming. Point the, the, the bow of the boat into the waves, never perpendicular to the waves, otherwise you'll get rolled over. And most importantly, use the bathroom before you get into the boat. You know, once we'd get out on the water for a little bit, then, then really the, the real and the deep lessons would be learned. Patience, persistence, perseverance. I mean, learning to know when to stay put and when to move on. Learning when to be quiet so as not to scare the fish. And then when to talk when, of course, the fish weren't biting. And in those times, those times where my grandpa would actually talk, those would be the times where I'd hear a story from him. And in those stories, of course, were life lessons. Some of life's lessons are learned in a boat. But I tell you the truth, the ones that were taught by my grandpa, they they pale in comparison to the lessons that, that Jesus taught while he was in the boat. We heard that on one occasion, Jesus came to the Sea of Galilee. Now his fame had spread, and he was surrounded by such a crowd that was eager to hear God's word. They wanted to hear life lessons from one who taught with authority. Now maybe some of them had heard that Jesus proclaimed that the year of the Lord's favor had begun in the hearing of those who were in the synagogue in Nazareth. Maybe some of them perhaps were present when he commanded that an unclean spirit come out of another person as they were in the, in the synagogue there. Perhaps maybe some had received or, or even witnessed Jesus heal them or a loved one. I mean, whatever or wherever they may have come from, they wanted to hear what Jesus said. And so they were pressing upon him to teach. And there on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, well, there were some fishermen, and lo and behold, two boats. Now the fishermen, as we read, they were done with their fishing task for the night. Now, even though that they knew the sea, they knew where to fish, they knew when to fish, the previous night was a bust. And so there they were on the shore, they're washing their nets, and they see Jesus with a crowd surrounding him. And this crowd following Jesus is getting closer and closer to them. And Jesus gets into one of the boats, which was Simon's. And he he asks Simon to put out a little bit from the shore so that that he can teach from the boat. Well, Simon complies. He rows out a bit from the shore. Of course, now he still had work that he needed to do, washing and, and mending the nets. 
But he granted this request to the man who had healed his mother-in-law not so long before. He figured it was kind of the least that he could do. And so he sat in the boat, mending and washing the nets with Jesus. And Jesus sat and he taught. Now when Jesus was finished teaching from the boat, he told Simon to go out and, and put into the deep and let down the nets that he had just worked so hard washing and mending. Now here's the thing. We don't know how long Jesus was teaching for while he was in the boat, but I can pretty much guarantee that it wasn't a 12-minute sermon, right? It was likely that it was afternoon by the time Jesus had finished. And these well-seasoned fishermen would know that the afternoon, well, that's not the time to go fishing. But yet Jesus speaks, and Simon listens. Master, we toiled all night, and we took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. I mean, it was a statement of of faith. It was was an act of faith in the one who had healed his mother-in-law and who taught with authority from his boat. And so Simon let down the nets at Jesus' command. And there in the middle of the day, of all times, the nets are filled up so much so that they had to call in the other boat to help, help haul in the nets. There were so many fish that their boats began to sink. Now it says that they were astonished. And I think we can read into that, that, that in all of the years of their fishing, they had probably never taken in such a catch of fish and never during the day. This is an epiphany moment for Peter, an aha moment where the light goes on, where his eyes are open to see who is sitting with him in the boat. Not just a teacher, not just a healer, but God himself. And his reaction is the right reaction for anyone who realizes that they are in the presence of the living God. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. His reaction is is kind of like Isaiah's. Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Or even Jeremiah's response from last week. Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. Right? Each reply reflects an acknowledgement, a confession even of their own sin and unworthiness to be in the presence of the living God of all creation. They are filled with a right sense of awe and fear, both a reverent fear and a fear of his just judgment against their sin. For they realize that they are sinful men in the presence of a holy God. Now, in Simon's case, as it was the case with Isaiah and Jeremiah, the Lord God does not deal with them uh, harshly according to their sin. Instead, he shows 
mercy. And he extends to them grace. He atones for their sin, touching the lips of the prophets and setting them apart for a holy vocation. And so he does for Peter. He atones for Peter's sin in that moment, knowing that he will ultimately do this with his very own suffering and death on the cross. But even here and now, Jesus speaks and it is so. In the boat, Simon learns a lesson from the Lord and the giver of life. And it's this. The holy God calls sinful men to holy vocations upon atoning for their sin. And now Simon is no longer just a fisherman. He is called to be a fisher of men, an apostle of Jesus. Simon followed Jesus from that point on. We can safely say that he did not do so perfectly. There were many other lessons to be learned along the way. He was often confronted with his own sin, his his pride, his brashness, his trust in his own ability, even even his denial of the Lord of life. And though Simon didn't deserve it, in the boat and along the way, Jesus continued to treat him with mercy and extend to him grace. As Simon repented of his sin, he was always met with the Lord's super abundant forgiveness. See, that's another important lesson learned from the boat this morning. God is super abundant in his mercy and grace, right? The catch of fish is but one example of how the Lord provides above and beyond our needs. Those fish that filled the boat that day were assigned to to Simon and his brother Andrew, to James and to John, that the Lord would provide for them and for their families as they left their boats and they followed after Jesus in this new vocation. I mean, much like the 300 gallons of the best wine on the third day of a wedding feast, Jesus uses this sign to teach this important life lesson. The Lord provides more than we can ever ask or imagine. He is super abundant in his mercy and his grace, extending not just to the Jews, but to every tribe and tongue and nation of his whole creation. Right? Some of life's most important lessons are learned in a boat. What about you, dear brothers and sisters in Christ? Well, today, you are in the presence of the Holy Lord. You have been brought aboard this boat, this ark of the Holy Christian Church. You have been caught by the good news of Jesus, pulled out of the, sin, uh, out of the sea of sin and death as you were washed clean in the waters of holy baptism. You have been taught according to the Lord's command. You have learned the basic lessons, right? The Ten Commandments, the Creed, the Lord's Prayer, that the Lord delivers to you grace through the means of word and sacraments. And here in this boat, you continue to learn how to put these into practice in the vocations that the Lord has called you to. 
and they are holy vocations, for you are a holy people. Here you learn to confess your sin and to receive again the superabundance of the Lord's grace and mercy as he deals with your sin. Right? In this nave, like a mast raised high for all to see, is the cross. It's that focal point for us all to recall where and how our Lord Jesus Christ has dealt with your sin. He paid for it and atoned for it with his very body and blood. Like Simon Peter and the rest, you'll leave this boat today following after Jesus. And no, you will not do it perfectly. None of us will. But I pray that we will do it faithfully. Confessing our sins, seeking to live a life worthy of the calling we have received, trusting that the holy God who calls sinful people like us to holy vocations as men and women, children, fathers, mothers, wives, that he has and will continue to deal with us according to his grace and mercy. That is the most important lesson that you could ever learn in this boat. The lesson of fear, love, and trust in God above all things. For just as Jesus cared for Simon, Andrew, John, and the rest, he does for you. Just as the Lord atoned for their sins, so he does for you. Just as the Lord called those men to holy vocations to follow him, he does the very same for you. I trust and pray that as we seek to follow our gracious and merciful Lord in our vocations, that the good news of Jesus would ever be on our lips and would be shown forth in our actions that others might join us for life in the boat. Amen. May the peace of God which passes all understanding guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.